to the Home Assistant Podcast. I'm Phil, sitting in the big chair today for Dan, and with me, as always, is Rowan. How's it going? Hey, good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. So, 063 is out, and it's a really good release this week. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of stuff happening. Uh, um, it's our, our notes section's pretty large this time around, so... Yeah, really, like, a lot of uh, cool little uh, new platforms, and also uh, some breaking changes, which will talk about as well so i think let's just maybe i'll just get straight into it so i think the yeah. uh the biggest release 063 is the ability to reserve entity ids in home assistant yes this so, is something that i've been wanting for for ages ditto so let, let's talk about that a little bit so what does this what does this mean to everybody yeah so let's say you have like a discovery component or uh Okay, let's take the example of a Sonos speaker. So you turn on the discovery on your Sonos speaker and the entity ID, um, Home Assistant will generate the entity ID based on uh, the name of the speaker. So for example, if I have a Sonos kitchen speaker, I'll get mediaplayer.kitchen. Where it gets a little bit tricky is if you have uh, multiple components that are called like that are media player and called kitchen. So you would get a lot of this with like Roku and Plex where you yeah. might have uh, the Plex media player coming up as well as the Roku media player coming up. And they'd have, uh, in that situation where there's a collision, Home Assistant would just append a number. So you get like media player dot living underscore two or yeah. media player underscore living three. Um, but there was nowhere to determine which order that would be arranged in. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, another example I have is uh, I have my Sonos Play 1s in a group. So I have um, the left channel and right channel as two different Play 1 speakers. Okay. But uh, they actually come up as like Office and Office underscore 2. But I can right. only uh, target one of those speakers for that Play group. And each time Home Assistant restarts, that the speaker, which gets whatever entity ID, could change. Yes. So, so, so now it's yeah. no longer two, it's now one, or it's now... Exactly, yeah. Or prime. the left channel will become two, and the right channel will become like, just normal. Right. But now all my automations won't work because it's targeting the wrong speaker. Yeah. So, so now you can just put in a MAC address and choose which speaker gets what entity ID, I'm guessing. Yeah, so have you tried this yet, or is this one of those pending? Uh, This is something I've just upgraded to 063, and this is uh, something I'm going to have to really think about to make sure I don't muff it up. But, yeah, I think this is going to solve that issue. Because right now, uh, the entity IDs only work uh, for a few platforms. They're bringing this up. There's going to be a a rolling change, I'm guessing, over the next few releases. And luckily, Sonos is one of those. Yeah, you got lucky right off the bat between Sonos and, I guess... I don't know if you have Apple TVs. That's what you're using, but no, I uh, see. I got the Roku, so I have to wait for a couple of releases. I think for that, yeah, one one at a time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but yeah, it, it is it is a really good uh, good feature to have. Um, again, it's one of those things where, like like you said, especially if you have multiple of one device, if you have a single Apple TV or a single Sonos or something like that, then it doesn't really affect you. But or or maybe it does. Maybe you just want to have you know. Uh, Maybe you just want control over what's what. Okay. Well, it does yeah. affect you then. But otherwise, yeah, for a single device, not a big deal. For multiple, um, it's definitely a game changer. Mm. And it's available for uh, Z-Wave and Hue, Nest, uh, Sonos, LifeX, and Apple TV. I think the two good ones to include off the bat were Z-Wave and Hue. I know a lot yes. of people get... Uh, 
uh, a bit precious about the Z-Wave entity IDs and being able to customize those now will um, be a game changer for those people. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, uh, and, and, and again, like you said, Sonos is a big one too, because typically people have more than one if they have it. Yes, exactly. So, all right, next, uh, we've got a MySQL sensor. So it, uh, I'm just reading through it right now. It looks like it can be kind of give you statistics around, uh, around, uh, Home Assistant, so the, the kind of example that they've given in the, in the configuration is kind of uh, database size and things like that as well. Um, so I that, guess... That's really good, yeah. Yeah, so you can kind of say, hey, you know what, you're getting a little uh, little hefty on your database, so on and so forth, right? So at least this is how I'm kind of understanding it, but uh, basically what you're doing is you're running a query um, against the database, against the SQL database, and then based on that, you're going to uh, return a value, and then yeah, and and again, the example that they gave it was uh, it was a database size, right? Which is something that they have. So then, I guess you could also, um, if you if you're tracking things like from Home Assistant into MySQL, you could also do counts. Uh, just run a MySQL query on how many times the door has been opened today. Yeah, yeah, and then you exactly. put that as a sensor. Exactly. And, and, and again, and that might be, again, from more somebody who works from home, like myself, it's, it could also be, Hey, you've left the room this many times yeah, <laughs> or, or some, something similar to that too. So again, there's, there's some decent applications to it. Um, again, this does assume that you're uh, exporting data into SQL. So um, is it only uh, a local MySQL server that you can use or can you then uh, run it like to a, a remote SQL server somewhere and pull data from that. Yeah, you absolutely, it looks like you can. Uh, I mean, there's a DB URL, uh, uh, nice string that you can, that you can use. So, uh, there are supported engines. So I'm guessing MySQL Postgres. I know I see an, uh, I see an example for Postgres, uh, but I'm guessing, you know, the more, the more popular one. So SQL Lite. Oh, here you go. SQL Lite, MariaDB, MySQL, Postgres, and Microsoft SQL. Ah, awesome. So, which is decent, actually. That's actually yeah. really good support. That's so. very decent. Um, actually, so I was wrong then because SQLite is actually what we're using by default. So uh, even if you can actually run queries against that SQL, uh, SQLite, so somebody like me who's not exporting anything today, who's just keeping it in that text database, um, that'll work as well. So you can see, hey, you know, we've opened the door 12 times today or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. So are you using still the, the SQLite database in your home assistant? Yeah, yeah, just a default one. I'm, I'm at least right now. I'm not super worried about the statistics. I, I am technically exporting it to, uh, to a uh, Influx DB server, but I yep. don't really look at it. So <laughs> for what it's worth, it's it might as well not be there right now. So I, I found uh, when I was running like with the SQLite database that the SQLite database would get huge very quickly. Maybe it was just the number of sensors I was pumping into it. You know, I'd be like yeah. 200 meg a day and then restarting Home Assistant would take ages because we'd have to load up that file. So I had to eventually move over MySQLite database yeah. to an actual... I think I think server. there's actually a way to restrict that. Um, and I think I'm doing it. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> it's, you know what? I haven't looked at my config in long, especially that that part of my config yeah. in long Lots enough. Yeah, you sort of forget about it, right? I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And, and honestly, it's because I don't care about the, because I don't care about the actual statistics or retaining them, at least at this point, I'm, I'm just like, you know, if it, if it gets too big or if I find I'm having performance issues, I've actually had it get corrupt on me before. 
where I just, you know, I'll delete it and say, okay, start again. And the next startup will, you know, maybe take an extra minute or 30 seconds or something like that, yeah. just because it's got to repopulate those values and build out the tables. But it, it doesn't bother me too, too much. Um, and, and I haven't had a corrupt database in since. Uh, so it's probably after I first started using Home Assistant. And, and I don't know if the support's improved or maybe I just got better at not pulling the plug on, on <laughs> Home Assistant at random times while it's writing to a database. <laughs> that'll, that'll do it too. Uh, but it's, okay. it's gotten better. So I, don't, I haven't had to worry about uh, the data corruption or anything like that a whole bunch. But if you do, if you do export to uh, a database, obviously that will give you a little better performance and stuff as well. So yeah. So what I find I do is I like uh, export the last two days of uh, history to the SQL database. Yeah. Um, and then for everything else, like long term, I go straight into Influx. So that right. way, if I want to load up the history in Home Assistant or anything like that, I don't care anything after two days. Like I've forgotten about it. Um, Usually I'm only going to use the history if I want to debug why did an automation fire. So I don't care more than two days ago. But right. for anything long-term where I want to track statistics or anything like that, straight into Influx where it's on its own system away from MySQL, or, uh, sorry, away from Home Assistant, which isn't constantly writing to it. Yeah, and and the nice thing is you can uh, you can use uh, the rest of that. I think they call it a TIG stack, right? Where you can... Uh, use things like Grafana to front end it and exactly build nice pretty graphs with, uh, with all of that stuff. So I, at one point I actually had a dashboard created again from a home lab. So, you know, in terms of network usage and blah, 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 storage yep. space, all that stuff. And on the other side, I actually had environmentals about my house as well, right. About, uh, pulling in, getting pulled in from home assistance. So that is a thing. Right. Um, and I know I, uh, just looking through different GitHub repos and stuff, there are quite a few people that use that used uh, Grafana for that as well. So, yeah, um, I've all in Grafana. It's amazing. Oh yeah, it's it's great. So uh, highly recommended, at least for me. So, um, but uh, but yeah, so that's kind of what the that's kind of what the SQL uh, SQL uh, connector there does as well. Mm. So from from an upgrade perspective, so yeah, you can do a lot of cool things by running SQL queries. So. Hopefully that's useful for a bunch of people. A lot of more information going into Home Assistant. Yeah, well, and and that's it, right? That's kind of what makes it bigger, better, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right? So, um, the another new component we have another fancy car manufacturer that is now integrated with Home Assistant. Mercedes Me is has yeah. been added. So that's really cool if you've got one of those cars. And yeah. I'm really excited about the next one, which is the. Xiaomi Universal IR remote control. Yeah, you're a huge uh, you're a huge Xiaomi user. You love. Uh, so I'm waiting stuff. for our next house because I have a box full of Xiaomi gear. I just want to get stuck into. But the um, this Universal IR remote. If you are familiar with the Logitech Harmony remote, yeah, which can control your TV. This is the Xiaomi version, which obviously means it's a lot cheaper. Huh, that's actually really cool because I've been looking for for another one for my upstairs uh, for my main floor. TV, yeah, well, so. here you go. This might be uh, this might be just for you. Um, so I'm guessing you can also do things like um, anything that can be controlled basically with a, an IR remote. So air conditioning units or fans, anything like that as well. Yeah, if they have IR. Um, the great thing about the Xiaomi one is it has a learning capability. I know the Harmony also has a learning capability, but it yeah. can trigger the learning capability from within Home Assistant. Oh, uh, that's kind of cool. 
Yeah, okay. so you could, uh, I guess you could have your Amazon Echo set up to say, hey, turn on the learning side as you walk down to the other end of the house to press the button against the TV for it to learn what that button does. Hmm, that's kind of neat. Okay, so, oops, sorry. Uh, so essentially what uh, what this means then, I guess, is you can build out scenes in Home Assistant, you can do all that kind of stuff and have the remote pull triggers from there. Can, is that, is that uh, a thing? Absolutely, yeah. So um, you could do a scene where you have the TV set to a certain channel, which you can yeah. currently do with um, the Harmony. Yes. But now you can also do it with the Xiaomi as well. Okay, so that's kind of interesting. So how much of that is natively built into the Xiaomi? How much of that is stuff that I would do in, in Home Assistant then? I'm, I'm, I'm fully here Ooh, hijacking my own personal yeah. reasons. No, so <laughs> I don't know um, uh, exactly how the IR remote works from Xiaomi. I only, so basically whenever I get a Xiaomi gadget, it goes straight into Home Assistant. I try and avoid the, the My Home app as much as possible. But I would assume that you could do something if you want to. If you didn't want to use Home Assistant, there would be yeah. an app, probably the My Home app, that you would use to set up the IR remote um, and control, like set up all the scenes so it press, fires the right buttons at the right time. You know, to turn on the TV, turn on the receiver, right. um, and all that. I don't know if it's activity based, like the Logitech Harmony. It may may not be, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say as, as much as, so I, I have a harmony for my basement TV and I, I do really like it. Um, I, I actually use my echo to turn on my TV, to turn off my TV, that kind of stuff yeah. or to select inputs and stuff. I, I have some activities built out, but I mean, Hey, if this is, if this is a lot cheaper then that's kind of cool Do they? I, I'm, I'm wondering if they have a device database behind it too. Like, like how Logitech has yeah. saying, Hey, this is a, you know, Sony, whatever model. Exactly. Right. Surely they would. I hope so. That'd be, that, that would be very cool. So I guess it looks like I have some searching to do and possibly spending <laughs> some money to do. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. <laughs> I think um, a lot of the Xiaomi, like they have so many products and it's good to see another one coming into home. I remember when it we first got the home Xiaomi integration. It was only sort of like just a couple of sensors, a couple of switches, but yeah. now there's like, you know, like everything's coming in. It's great. So it's, it's funny because uh, the one, the one reason where I'd first heard of Xiaomi was, um, was because of their, I forget what it's called. It's called like the Mia Flora or something like that. Their, their plant sensor. Yes. Yes. That's, I have a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. And well, because so I, I do not have a great thumb at all. Right. Um, I'm one of those guys that'll constantly forget to water the plants <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, even though growing up, like my parents made me do that stuff all the time. Right. Just because they, they did, but they just didn't want to do the stuff. Yeah. So I, I'd be doing all that stuff. And then I, when I moved out in my own place, I was like, oh, I, you know, I got this. It's going to be great. No, no, it's uh, <laughs> apparently <laughs> doing everything else takes precedence. So I've been looking at those sensors. Uh, I've been meaning to get some. I just haven't gotten around to it. But uh, it sounds like they they got some really cool, you know, cheap sensors, right? Like if, it, if, right? Listen, if I can pull the pull the values in and get home assistant to do the rest, or you know, whatever it is. And in this case, it would be like, hey, trigger an alert. Hey, water your plants, right? Stuff like that. Then then that's yeah. great. Yeah, um, and that's exactly what they can do. So that when you get to a certain moisture temperature in the soil in the plant. Home can fire off a, an alert for you. Yeah, which is which is awesome. 
Um, also, I think, uh, so going on, they, they've got M climate as well, or Melissa climate. Um, so I didn't actually know what this was. I, I looked this up last night. Uh, I was, uh, I was yeah, so I have no idea what, what I've never heard of this Melissa. Yeah, neither have I. So I, I was, I was flying back and, uh, my flight had Wi-Fi, So I was, I was looking at, uh, just to prep for today's episode. I was kind of just, you know, doing a quick, oh, what's, what's new. And I saw this and I'm like, what's this? I, it, it sounds cool. The, the name, name's catchy, right? Like M Climate, yeah. Melissa Climate. I'm like, okay, what's in it? And then uh, it, it's, they, they're similar to like a Wemo uh, where they have things like uh, smart AC controllers. I'm, I'm just reading right off their website right now. Smart yeah. AC controllers, power outlets, uh, similar to like the Wemo. Oh, right. uh, they also have some cool, neither of these kind of apply to me or one of them might, but Smart radiator control. So if you have a radiator style heater in your house, uh, you can, it looks like you ah. stick this gadget on the end of it and yeah. it acts as a thermostat. Uh, so and think, the smart um, water heater control too. Sensibo or Tato work also came out with one of those. Yeah. Radiators. Yeah. I've never so, heard what happened to that. So. I, I don't know if they're still around, um, yeah. but yeah. And then, and then they got some, it looks like they've got some safety security stuff around as well. Like, uh, like, you know, fire alarms or, or door sensors and that kind of stuff. Um, so they're, they're similar to, and, and they're, they seem to be fully Echo and uh, Google integrated. So oh, that's nice. kind of neat as well. So now, now they're also Home Assistant integrated. I saw, uh, I saw a tweet from them going, hey, we're now fully integrated in Home Assistant and, and Home Assistant had uh, retweeted that. So I was like, what is this? Okay, right. <laughs> and and uh, kind of piqued my curiosity. What I'm interested in, there's, they have a smart water heater control. So I have one of those old school, big tank water heater, yeah, yeah. not like the instant ones. Um, so I'm curious as to, you know, if this will actually work or do I have to wait 30 minutes for my <laughs> water to get heated up, right? So it's, uh, I'm, I'm, it's cool. I'm going to do a bit more investigation on my side to see if this makes sense for me. Oh, wow. And so yeah. how much, are, so is it just the HVAC component that's integrated with Home Assistant or have they got like the smart switches and sensors, all that? integrated as as well yeah so there's two there's looks like there's two pieces and it just pulls a it just pulls a username and password so i guess it's cloud uh, cloud pope but it, it doesn't yeah. really it doesn't really say what is actually brought in it does say um it says melissa climate ac control so maybe it's only the ac controller that's that's uh that's in there uh um, right yeah yeah so yeah, it looks like it might just be the AC control because um, they have a smart AC control. So similar to similar to a Nest, right? Uh, yes, but hopefully yeah. that, that expands. I mean, I love I love seeing stuff like this, right? Where you have stuff that doesn't kind of have a central brain and you bring it into a central brain. Right? Exactly. Rather right. than using an app or something like that. The apps are great, but for me, I hate I hate having to fire up an app, just turn something on or yes. that for me personally, that's a non-starter. Um it has to be a lot more intuitive or voice controlled. And also it can, you can now um, feed it more information like, you know, uh, your Z wave temperatures and all that can go into your home assistant where it can, you know, read all those new different data points and then take action as opposed to if you're using just an app from one vendor, they don't have Z wave capability. You can't read that information. So yeah. therefore home assistant just makes it all smarter. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm not sure where this is available. It, just looking at the website, it looks like it is a UK-based company. Okay. Uh, 
but I don't know. And, and I might be very wrong on that. I just, I just saying that because I see a UK flag on, on the language selection. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, I mean, it's interesting. So great. I mean, I'm, I'm hopefully, you know, this takes off and hopefully they, we get to see some cool stuff from them down the road too. Yeah, definitely. Um, another fun addition that's been added in 063 is the gold feed integration. So if you're in the States and uh, you want to have Home Assistant take action when you're, I think it's NHL or MLB team uh, score a goal, yeah. you can have lights change color. And well, that was pretty a nice, fun little platform to add in. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, because you can you can put in kind of your oh sorry you can put in your team name and kind of say hey this is what I this is what I you know send an alert when you when you get this exactly but, yeah you know th- th- there's the I don't know if you've seen them um, I think it's Budweiser has like the little goal lights um, I don't know oh, I don't really? know if, I don't know if that's a that's a thing but it's you basically say hey like I. I like the electronic like beliefs as an example. Yep. And based on that, it'll, it'll fire off. Like every time the Leafs score a goal, it's, it's like, you know, one of those like uh, goal lights, right? Like the red flashy yep. Yep. Goal, old school detective kind of lights. <laughs> and, and it sends it, that starts going off. Right. And, and I've, I've always been like, ah, you know what? It's, it's kind of silly, but it's great. Like that's, would be cool. awesome for like a party. Like if you've got like a whole group of friends over to watch the game, and yeah. you know, as soon as the, the goal gets scored, everything starts flashing. It will be interesting to see what the delay is like, though. You know, if you're watching a live telecast and then two minutes later, now the lights start flashing to <laughs> yeah. that goal. Apparently, it's not too bad, but I guess it depends on where you put it, too, right? Because I don't know if it, I'm not sure how it works. I don't know if it's Wi-Fi joined or if it's if it's LTE or yeah. something like that. But I'm I'm assuming it needs some kind of connectivity and it's relying on that transport as well, right? So Yeah, exactly. Um but but yeah, so I mean, this kind of now brings that same kind of experience into into uh, into home assistant. So that's uh, it's pretty neat. Um, next up, there's icon templates and entity pictures. Um, I have no idea what that's about. <laughs> okay, so um, in home assistant, you have the ability uh, for some sensors. You can actually change the icon that appears on the front end based yeah. on the value of what that sensor is. Yeah. Uh, so for example, uh, you could use a just taking a door sample, you could have an icon yep. for the door open or the door closed, depending on its state. Yes, um, and, and they use the MDI icon set for that. Exactly, yeah. So now I think uh, we've, they've just extended that to also be for binary sensors, just in general. So, oh, you know, cool. Yeah, so now you can have you know an icon if something's off or if an icon is on. Um, and you can also change the icon completely. Um because you can, instead of having an icon, you can actually just uh, map to a URL, which is an image. Um, so instead of having like a little light bulb, you could have the the Q logo in your front end if you wanted to. Maybe you could right. have a. I'm guessing it would be good for like um if you're doing um if you're heavily modifying uh, modifying the UI, you might want to have um like a black and white version if something's off, and then a color version when something's on. Could do that. Right. That's kind of yeah. Okay. That's kind of cool. Or like yeah, like yeah. a gray and a red or something like that. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. That's kind of neat. Um, mm. That's uh, actually that's kind of useful <laughs> as well. So. Um, now, an interesting addition uh, in six three was uh, back in zero point six one, the uh, entity ID was removed from template sensors. So yeah. a template sensor is uh, you can define a uh, template 
uh, that will read a value usually from your states. Um, yeah. I use it heavily for my presence detection um, and all that to find out uh, what entity ID changed. Um, and what's happened? What they did in six one is they removed the entity ID in favour of automatically detecting uh, what entity ID will be used um, for that template sensor because it would improve uh, performance. Otherwise, right. uh, Home Assistant would need to look over every single state change to find out, okay, does this template sensor need to be updated, yes or no? Yeah. Uh, when you added the entity ID into that template, uh, Home Assistant would know, okay, I only need to update this sensor when this value changes. Um, in right. 6.1, they removed that um, for that, but now they've put that back in um, because the, detec the detection wasn't so great. So if you uh, upgraded from 6.1 and you found that you're using uh, template sensors and the performance has gone down a little bit, you can put the entity ID back into those template sensors to make it a bit snappier. That's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. So good to see that people were like, okay, we did this, didn't work out that great, but let's put this back in just in case. Right, right, right. Okay, that's kind of neat. Hmm. Um, also, Amazon Echo integration got a little better. Um, so we can also start controlling the volume levels of uh, speakers and such that are that are linked to Home Assistant. Yeah. So that so, means now... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so assuming I uh, read the uh, release notes correctly, this will be um, really cool for the universal media player component in Home Assistant. Yeah. Um, if you've got like a, an old receiver or something like that that you're controlling with your Xiaomi IR remote and you can do some trickery to get it as a universal media component, you could get um, voice control of it with the Amazon Echo. Right. That's kind of neat. Okay. Yeah. And and obviously that assumes you don't already have it in the Echo with as a... Uh, as it, exactly. So, yeah. Like, I think this would be really cool for like old school tech that yeah. never get an upgrade to those smart yeah. speakers but can talk with Home Assistant somehow. Yeah, so there you go. So now you're making your old stuff smarter. <laughs> yeah. You can at least change the volume on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not that much smarter, but you can make it quieter or louder. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a few broken changes, a um, couple for the Canary uh, cameras, mm -hmm. but uh, an important one that will affect uh, most people is from the next version, 064, um, Home Assistant will start to purge data in the recorder that is older than 10 days. Yeah. Um, that'll be the uh, default value. You can override it if you want to keep 20 days of data or only two days. You can also change it, but by default, it will start stripping data that's older than 10 days, which, again, I think goes back to what we were talking about before, just trying to keep the SQLite databases a bit snappier and not too extreme with old data that may never be used. Yeah, so... That's actually what I've restricted, right? To two days. Um, yeah. Again, for, if you don't care about it, make it a little snappier. If you do, honestly, export it to something else, whether it's Prometheus or, or InfluxDB or yeah, absolutely. something like that. Um, it's not, I don't know, personally, I don't like keeping it on, on this because Home Assistant isn't really, to me at least, it's not meant to be long-term sensor data storage. Um, yeah. As in, I don't want, you know, the temperature of my house for the last ear or ear and a half in home assistant itself i'd rather have it in some other entity yes exactly uh, where where i can do a little more intelligent things with it as well right so yeah so i think that's a that's a good change there yeah um the other thing uh, i guess not really breaking um has io update 0.89 um uh, encrypted snapshots 
Yeah. Like every time I see a, an update from Hasley, I'm like, damn, I, it's, it's like real, they're <laughs> adding really cool features into that um, platform. Yeah. Uh, encrypted snapshots. Yeah, good. So now um, if you've got your home assistant running perfectly and you take a snapshot of it, so if you ever need to revert to it, now you can encrypt those snapshots. Yeah. That way, you know, stuff's a little more secure if you have passwords and stuff in there. Yeah, exactly. And you can then host them anywhere you want if you trust to put them on a public FTP server or somewhere. Yeah. I mean, from a security perspective, I probably still, (laughs) maybe it's just me. I I wouldn't. Um, Yeah. I I would feel that even in an encrypted form would be a bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I mean, if you're okay with it, then then cool. That's for me, that's a personal preference, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, On the Home Assistant websites, Discus comments have been disabled. Um, I believe they actually are using the forums now. Yes. Uh, the, the community forums that, that's uh, gone back into, into the thread. Um, Discus was tossing a whole bunch of ads and stuff that wasn't really related or relevant or, or you know. Did, did you see less, the... Um, less than desirable. Did you see the photo uh, Polis tweeted of the ads on the website? It was like... Some photo of uh, like uh, like weight loss uh, yeah. ad, and it was just like no, yeah, you don't want that on the on the site. No, exactly. So um, so discus is gone from the website, um, or at least for the most part. Um, and then starting from the release notes for these ones, uh, it's going to use a community forum. So exactly what we said. So um, and I think older comments have now been purged just because of the whole discus experience that uh yeah that they had i'm pretty sure um paul has said that he's they've got them there they'll be in discus um but they're going to that they've just for simplicity's sake they've just turned uh discus off everywhere and then uh they'll work on bringing those back in later right right if, if it's possible um also an update to the uh python 3.4 uh deprecation um so as of uh, Home Assistant 065, which will be released around March 10th, the minimum version for Python will be 3.5.3. Yes. Um, now, they originally scheduled um, 3.4 support to be removed in the next release, which was 064. Um, they've pushed that back a week just to give people um, a little bit uh, more heads up to upgrade to that uh, minor point, which is 3.5.3. Yeah, which I think uh, you're fine. if you're using Hasio or any of the um, like the default installers with Linux, you'll be okay. Yeah, or if you're even using Dockerized images, which again Hasio is using on the back end. But if you're if you're doing that as well, you're really not affected by this. So it was it was funny. I actually saw a tweet from Carlo, who we had on the show. It was one of the first episodes, I believe, yeah, it was like episode, episode two, three, three or something, something, maybe. Yeah. And I just saw a tweet from him, I think, last night saying, hey, I finally got onto this Docker. Uh, like, he's, he's doing Docker on, or Home Assistant on Docker, rather. Yeah. And uh, he's saying he loves the flexibility it gives him, which it's the exact same reason why I, I do it as well. So it's uh, so if you're, if you're doing stuff like that, then honestly, for me, an, a Home Assistant update is Docker pull, or Docker, I use Docker yeah, pull, so Docker exactly. pull, pull. And Docker makes it so it, much easier does it yeah so um he's actually got a blog post on it so check that out as well um if you're interested in that kind of thing or i know dan runs dan runs uh 
has I.O. in, I believe he runs that in a Linux uh, container as well. Or, or sorry, on on uh, on a regular Ubuntu box or something like yes. that. Yes, yeah. So that's, that's another option as well if you don't want to go straight native on a Raspberry Pi or something like that. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple of blog posts about there as well that... Uh, that I think we'll put in the show notes. Are we sure we'll? think. Yeah, but wow, lots of uh, cool stuff this week, huh? That's right, that's right. I don't, I don't even know if we have time to talk about anything else. So, <laughs> right. I, uh, it's, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's been quite a quite a heavy week. So, uh, which is which is awesome. So, yeah. Well, uh, have you got anything else you want to discuss before we wrap it up? No, I think uh, I think that's it for me. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening in. If you've got any uh, questions or feedback for us, please let us know. Feedback at passpodcast.io. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers.